Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey, everybody. Kyle Brandt's Basement welcomes you. I welcome you. I'm very excited that you're here because there's so much to talk about today. We had two crappy... Monday night football games, but that doesn't matter because there were two really good teams in those games. We had some butt whoopings, but the wash out of that is that we have some front runners potentially. We'll get into that, all kinds of stuff. We're debuting a new segment with one of my favorite people on the internet, Joey Molinero. You know him, you've seen him, does incredible impressions, very funny guy, he's going to be on SNL someday. We're doing a segment where we take, uh, imagine the giant Imperial Death Star from the Star Wars films and makes that massive green laser with enough power to destroy a planet. What if we could aim that laser... It's something that you hate in sports media. Um, a, a phrase, a segment, a bit, something that happens over and over. You guys send us suggestions for the stuff in sports media that you hate. Maybe some of which I'll just do today, naturally. And we'll blast them with the Death Star. It's going to be all kinds of fun. A TV legend might be walking away. We have to talk about it. I'm not going to say who it is. But uh, all kinds of things going on. This is Tuesday. This is Kyle Brandt's Basement. Let's get a free throw. And let's do it real quick. See if we can set a little tone. Here we go. Bend the knees. That's what they told me, Mr. Townsend, back in eighth grade. Nice little touch. Good night. That's what I'm talking about. Ba-boom. Um, let's start the show. What I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. That was buttery. Oh, I love a juggernaut. I love that we got a juggernaut in the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills of 2022 are a juggernaut. Yeah. He destroys. He destroys whatever he hit, whoever they play, they destroy. They're uh, winning 72 to 17 over their first two opponents. The Bills open the season in the, um, uh, the home field of the reigning Super Bowl champs, destroyed them. Then they bring in, in their home opener again on national television, a uh, Titans team that you know, usually plays really good ball and has given the Bills a tough time, destroyed them. That game was terrible last night. I think it's Derrick Henry's worst statistical game of his career going up against the Bills' defense. Tannehill, I, I don't know, we may be seeing the end of his career. I Never mind the Bills thing. We get it. The Bills 22-22, a lot of publicity, a lot of love. We get it. And Josh will be coming on. Trust me, we're going to talk about it this week. I just like that we got I, we got a front runner, and it, now maybe maybe someone will take them out. But I think the Bills of this year's team, this year's this year's Bills team, has sort of a college football type feeling. They feel like the number one team in the nation, not in the NFL, in the nation. And I feel like Josh and Stefan and Vaughn, they ride the team bus and they got their their blazers on and they walk through all the fans holding up signs and college game day. And there's Chris Fowler and all the. Lee, you know, Lee Corso has like the Bills hat that he puts on and picked up. It feels like a college team. They feel like a Georgia or a Saban era Alabama team that's just, who knows if they're going to win the whole thing, but man, you watch them on whatever day it may be. They've played Thursday, they've played Monday, and you're like, well, that's definitely the best team in the league. Maybe they'll get got. Maybe the Chiefs will get them again. Sure. Maybe. Maybe it'll be somebody in the NFC. Maybe the Bengals rise up after 0-2, but someone cannot tell me that they do not look like the best team in the league. And I do say team. Look, if you're sick of the Bills thing already, buckle up. It isn't just me. This is a national thing. And, it, and by the way, it isn't, it isn't just this guy. I really do mean team. It's easy to get seduced by Josh Allen and by Stephon Diggs. Their defense is awesome. Derrick Henry did nothing. Their safeties are great. 
they don't even have Trey White yet. Trey White's probably their best defensive player, this side of Von Miller, pound for pound, and they're going to get him back. I just like it. I think it's cool that everybody's gunning for them because two things are going to happen. Either they're going to really do this thing, they're going to win the whole Super Bowl, and oh my God, it's incredible the Buffalo Bills finally won, or someone's going to knock them off, and someone's going to catch them with a right hook, and they're going to go down in one of the playoff rounds, and it's going to be over. And that'll be shocking on and of itself. But there's certain seasons, you know, where we kind of feel each other out. Maybe there's a couple of front runners in the power rankings world of things. There's a number one that's a five next week and then two the next week. The Bills will set up shot in that number one spot. And until they lose, it's over. And there's a fascinating thing where they're playing the Dolphins this week. And the Dolphins are the toast of the town. The Dolphins already feel like there's, I'm already seeing things online saying the Dolphins are this year's Bengals already. And they do deserve a lot of credit. But Bills Dolphins, if you know the history this week, we'll get into it. The, the Josh Allen era Bills destroy the Dolphins. It, it's, it's embarrassing, the disparity in points and turnover and touchdowns. I mean, they absolutely kick crap out of them. This feels like a different Dolphins team, though. That is your number one team in the nation right now. It, it's, I don't care where anybody else is. We have a front runner. Do you know that there's a stat about the Buffalo Bills that I saw from my guy Chris Brown from One Bills Live, one of the real luminaries of the Buffalo Bills media world? Do you know their last 20 victories? Now, they don't have them in a row, obviously, but if you look over the past couple of years, go back in the 20, 20 victories that the Buffalo Bills have had. Every single one of them is by double digits. 20 double-digit victories in a row if they stack up their victories. Now, they've lost some games, but my point is they have not won a game by six or by nine, three, whatever, in like a couple of years. It's which is crazy. So they either lose or they just kick the crap out of whoever they're playing, like they did to the Titans last night. I mean, that's amazing. And you know the last time that's happened? It goes back to the Chicago Bears in the 1940s. You know, with a playing with a football that looks more like a basketball and doing straight arms and handing it off to the uh, guys whose position was end. Not tight end, end. That's how long that thing goes. That's the kind of streak they're on. They don't win with a last second field goal. They don't knock down the pass in the end zone to win by four points. You can beat them, but if you lose, they're giving you the tombstone pile driver, and it is over. Buffalo Bills, number one team in the nation. Whatever they hit, they destroy. Big game with Miami this weekend. That's what I love. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of the Bills, and I'm enthusiastic about them, but I just love that there's this front runner to come and get it. I mean, Ken Dorsey's their offensive coordinator. He's sitting up there in the booth watching his team. I feel like he's looking at his Miami team. Just owned everybody. No matter who they lined up. Jeremy Shockey, Andre Johnson, all those running backs. That was Ken Dorsey's team. Poor Poor Eric Crouch, who was a really game player for the, for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, ran up against that Canes team. Whew, forget about it. It was over. That's the kind of feeling Buffalo has now. It's early. They'll lose. I mean, they're not going to run the table. They'll lose. But right now, number one team in the nation of Buffalo Bills. That's what I love. But very disappointed in another team last night. I mean, very disappointed for all of us. And that's what I hate. As life in the NFL, uh, one week ago, the Minnesota Vikings beat up the Packers at home. New coach, new Kirk Cousins maybe looked fresh. <laughs> Free fall right into the side of a mountain. They were awful last night, never in the game. Philadelphia absolutely owned them start to finish. The Vikings had one good drive, and there's just so much to unpack on all of this. Listen, Philadelphia looks great, and I, and I think right now, again, 
in the whole power rankings scheme of things, and we're going to talk power rankings later and whether we should Death Star them, I think the Philadelphia right now after two weeks looks like the second best team in the league. I hear you Chiefs fans on and on. You guys are always in it. But Philadelphia just looks great. Jalen Hurts made the jump. His first half last night, he looked like Michael Vick against Washington. Remember that night where Michael Vick on a Monday night had like 80 fantasy points? Jalen Hurts looked like that. You, I don't think you can play a better half. I mean, he, in that first half, I think he was as good or better than Josh Allen was. Philadelphia is real, and they are stacked in the secondary. They are stacked in wide receivers. They have a real team. But so is Minnesota. What the hell was that? The defense was sitting on the team bus for the first two quarters, Got decided to start playing at halftime, sort of. And then my guy, damn Kirk Cousins. I love him. He's, he's still the most genuine player in the NFL. And But, man, I, he, he had a rough, rough night. I mean, he threw three interceptions. He threw two to Darius Slay. Jefferson was a non-factor. And listen to me, Darius Slay is a really good player. But, like, he turned into 1994 Deion Sanders last night against Jefferson. He was completely owning Cousins and Jefferson. I hated to see it. And I have to bring this up. Because the last of you Eagles fans watching, and you're, you're all over me on this. I tweeted something that caused some drama. So... I don't usually do this, not where I live. I'm not one of these internet provocateurs who just lobs Molotov cocktails and watches the disarray. But I tweeted this, I'm going to say it was probably about 5 p.m. Eastern yesterday. Hashtag per source, if the Vikings win, do not miss Justin Jefferson at the post-game press conference tonight. So I tweet that. A few hours later, the game goes off. Justin Jefferson is it's completely taken out of the game, did nothing, no gritty, no none of that stuff, and the Eagles smashed him. People were pissed. Pissed. Not only am I talking about the, the rank-and-file Eagles fans, the people on Twitter, the, just c- coming back and saying, where's that press conference now? What's he got to say now? Here's what I will say about that. Um, I heard from someone, 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 that Justin Jefferson had like a little plan that he made up of, and it was contingent upon them winning. And the most popular question that I got, or assumption that was made about that tweet, was that he was going to get up, Jefferson, if they won, and pound the table and say something about the Eagles not drafting him. That they took Jalen Rager in front of him, and how do you like me now, and I just came to your house and beat you. And That was not the plan. That was not the information I got. It had nothing to do with that. Nothing. Nothing about the Eagles organization whatsoever. In fact, nothing about this game whatsoever. I heard that he had like a fun little plan that we would have all laughed at and been amused by in terms of something visual or his appearance. That's all that it was, and I'm not going to say anything more than that because the person trusts me and I trust them, and that's fine. But, man, people were mad. Um, I heard from someone around the Eagles that, like, they had heard about that and that they didn't like it before the game. I just thought it was like, hey, everybody check out the post-conference. If they win, if press conference, if they win, check it out. If not, whatever. But it became this thing amongst Eagles fans where they looked at him as cocky and presumptuous and he has a plan for if he wins... I think a lot of people have a plan for if they win, what they're going to say, and what they lose if they're going to say. They didn't win. He wasn't a factor. He didn't do anything in, during the post-press conference or the game. So maybe he'll save it for next week or maybe not. But it had nothing to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. It had just something to do with it was week two, and he's a fun guy and a creative guy, and he had a plan, and I heard about it. I was amused by it. You know, outcome aside, I would have liked to see it had the Vikings won, but they got crushed. They got crushed, but I think the second best team in the NFL. So um, I hate that the Vikings were that bad. I love that the Eagles were that good, but I hate the Vikings were that bad just because, again, I am here completely for the new, fresh team out of nowhere with the new head coach, the dork MVP quarterback, and the cool wide receiver. It's That's a sitcom. Jefferson and Cousins are like a perfect buddy cop, 
you know, season whatever of True Detective, put them together. They could not be more different, the two of them. It's a fun ride to go on. So I don't know if we're going to go on that ride. Maybe they'll recover. All the primetime Monday Night Football stuff with Kirk Cousins is, is so uh, exhausting and suffocating in the sense that it's totally valid, and I just wish it would go away. It sucks that you go into that game if you're Kirk Cousins, and you know the Monday night thing. He's asked about it all the time, and he always gives his diplomatic answer. But you're aware of it. You're a human being. You're a very competitive athlete. You want badly to shut people up about that. And you go, and you didn't just play average. You played really poor. Just terrible. So if you love it, if you're an Eagles fan, I get it. But I hated a couple of the things the way it went down last night. Cousins getting just absolutely smoked. And then Eagles fans getting mad for no reason. Guys, don't worry about Justin Jefferson's plans. Worry that he had about, I think he had one catch for seven yards against Slay, as he's called. Apparently Darius Slay just likes going by Slay. Never mind Darius or Junior, Slay. So Slay had a day. That's what I hate, though. I don't hate Darius Slay. This one's a little convoluted. I just hate some of the way that things went last night. And don't worry about Justin Jefferson. Um, Worry about what's hilarious. Let's get into this. This is good. All right, so uh, there's a tweet that made me laugh about the games last night, and there's a lot of them, but this guy, Ben Mathewson, who I don't know, but I saw his tweet, thought it was absolutely hilarious. He tweets, Our nation simply doesn't possess the infrastructure required to handle a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. And Ben, I I think you're onto something. I I really do. We live in a society that I don't think is prepared for those two fan bases to converge upon one city for a week, if not two weeks. I think you're completely onto something. Uh, I don't know if we have the, the, the food supply, the water, the security, the transportation, the security, um, the lodging, the security. It's, it, those, th- this, those two kids can't play together. I like both those kids. But, you know, I got, I got an eight-year-old. I have a six-year-old. Certainly more the eight-year-old. There are some kids out there in our little social circle, you know, in the cul-de-sac and the playground, where they're good kids. Come on. But there's no way that kid does not belong with that kid. Like, we have to keep them on separate teams, if not separate playgrounds. Bill's Mafia and Eagle's, you know, Bird Gang, whatever they're called, not in the same city. Certainly, in the, especially in the desert. There's something about going out to Arizona in the desert where it's got this sort of already post-apocalyptic feel or like doomsday prepper feel. I, I've, I've sweat with both of those fan bases, and I really mean that. Uh, Philadelphia, I was there the day they celebrated the Super Bowl. I was there on the Rocky Steps. Um, the Rocky Steps, the day that they won the Super Bowl. And I saw things that day that will singe your eyebrows off. I I saw things I can't unsee, man. The things that I was offered by just the the, the revelers, substances, favors, just all kinds of things. And not about me, just to anybody there. It it, it was unlike, I've seen some parades. I've been to some teams' parades before. Nothing like that. There was a moment, and this is why I, I think it's so hilarious, the idea that Philadelphia and Buffalo would get together in one city. There was a moment I was at the Eagles Super Bowl parade. Remember, they had just had the Nick Foles victory over the Patriots, incredible Super Bowl, the the dog mass and all that stuff. And it's just, it's in this park in front of the Rocky Steps. And it was chaotic and energetic and just thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And just everybody's just hammered and just euphoric. And someone said, someone started talking. I heard this chatter and they said, 
Oh my God, have you heard? Have you heard? What? 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 There's an actual bald eagle that's up in that tree. Like, this is a sign from the football gods or the actual gods. Oh my gosh, there's a bald eagle. And I go, no way. In Philadelphia, down, you know, Ben Franklin Boulevard, and there's a ball. So I walk and I follow the crowd, and I sure, sure enough, there's this really tall tree. And I'm telling you, like 50, 60 feet up there, I'm like, oh my God, it's a bald eagle. This is what a great American moment. And, and then hold on, I look closer and say, no, that's not a bald eagle. That's an idiot in a bald eagle costume who climbed 60 feet up there and is hammering a beer and is definitely going to fall to his death. There's a guy who climbed up there in an eagle costume. He had a bald eagle costume. I mean, if it was a building, he was on like the fifth floor and he was just hanging by a branch. I can't believe he didn't die. This is like only a couple weeks after that was that TMZ report that one of the Eagles fans ate horse crap. This is what I'm saying. You can't have them in the same city. Buffalo fans? Just last January, I went to a game in Buffalo. You pull up to the stadium, you've never been there before. The first thing you see as you're pulling up is, are just fires. Fires. I'm like, what do, what do you mean fires? Like, they have campfires and barrel fires. It reminded me of, like, when Jon Snow first visits, like, the free folk north of the wall. What are they called? The wildlings with those furs and everything. I felt like I was visiting that. Just uh, fire as if we were in caveman times. And this is the night that the Patriots are in town and the playoff games. It was stupidly cold. And these people are out there shirtless. And I know it seems like, oh, I get it. Every fan base has those. No, they, no you don't. I, I, I've been around. I grew up as a Bears fan. I have seen all sorts of New York fan bases. I've been West Coast fan. I've been around. The Bills and Eagles cannot belong together. Best case scenario, there's, there's friction. Worst case scenario, there's procreation. Like, we have to think about the future. I don't know if as a nation, as a, as a planet, as a, as a human race, if we can have that. Eagles and Bills. That's a lot, guys. Have you ever been around one of those fan bases? It's different. It's totally... They all have stereotypes about them, the Eagles and the Bills. And let me tell you, all those stereotypes are true. They're all true. Trust me, all the things that you've seen, I've seen them happen. Um, we may need an NFC team to step up. I don't care who it is. Tampa Bay, the Rams, any, I don't know if you can allow the Eagles to get there if the Bills are in. And vice versa. We may need somebody in the NFC to say, hold on, the Eagles look like the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC? We have to, we have to make a plan. Too much. Too much explosiveness. Too much uh, volume, beer, energy, everything. Thank God the Eagles won one a few years ago because if they hadn't and they're both coming for their first one, I can't do it. Uh, my man... Thank you for the tweet. I don't think we have the infrastructure. I don't think anybody does to have those two together. And right now, they're my front runners. The Bills and the Eagles, after two weeks of the extremely, extremely premature front runner thing, out in the desert, Arizona, start, start piling up sandbags now. Declare martial law now. Because in six months, the Bills Mafia and the Eagles fans might be coming. I'm terrified of it, but I also find it hilarious. We got to move on, though, because what else I find hilarious? My guy, Joey Molinero. I'm going to bring him in one second. This is a brand new segment. We've been ready for this one. Are you ready to blast some stuff? Let's go.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is a moonwalking X-Wing pilot, and that's Joey Molinero. If we're going to do a segment about sports media and Star Wars, this is the LeBron of that segment. Just perfect. Joey, how are you, bud? It's good to see you. Kyle, this is an honor, man. I'm so excited. I literally couldn't sleep last night. Yes, because I have a three-week-old son that keeps me up, but more so because I was so thrilled and could not stop thinking about different things that I want to blow the hell up in the sports media. I'm ready to go. All right, I'm thrilled, and you're a massive Star Wars fan. You have Star Wars tattoos, you're into it, you get the Death Star, you get what it means, the giant Imperial laser, there's the Falcon. So guys, let's get into it. There are so many things that we love about sports and sports media, but there's 10 times that many that we hate. So we have a massive laser here, and we're going to blast them to remove them from the universe. You submitted a bunch. Joey has some, I have some, and then Joey and I will decide if we agree to blast it or spare it. Joey, I'm going to start... Um, there's the thing that people do when they have a take and instead of just going bold, they'll be on the desk and they'll say, you know, you could make a case that the most surprising team this year, or you could say, listen, don't be surprised if the Bengals turn this thing around and we're talking about them come January. It is a hedge. It is a safety net. Anything that anybody says about don't be surprised, you can make a case, one could argue that, is nonsense BS in this world of Wild West takes. Do you, do you hear this one, Joey, and decide if we should blast it or spare it? I hear it all the time. It is a definite blast-worthy Alderaan style, and I will add one to your list there, my man. In the same yep. vein, you go with go the... On. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's the next Tom Brady. I'm just saying that he's the next time, right? Like they they follow it up with, there's just a lot of similarities. Okay, yeah, so you're not saying it, but you are saying that. That's pretty much all the NFL draft, Twitter, and also in the in, on TV as well. So I'm throwing that one in there. Let's, let's grand uh, Admiral Tarkin it. Let's blow it up. All right, as he said, you may fire when ready. Launch sequence. Here it is. You could make a case you're about to get blasted. Firing! Come on! Feels good. It feels good, Joey. Come on, baby. That was a real sound. That was a real sound. I know. I know. All right, so give me something. That's awesome. Bring something into that Imperial boardroom and just tell me something and we'll decide if we should blast it. What do you got? Well, when I only had to limit it to one, I, it was tough. I know that's 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 part of it, but I, I think I found the one that I have to go with. And it's play-by-play guys or gals reading promos for probably most likely crappy television shows that you aren't going to watch. Like I hate having Jim Nance or Ian Eagle or Joe Buck tell me to watch, you know, the newest rendition of two and a half men, right? You know that they're just looking at the 30 second read that they have to get in there coming out of commercial break. Like I probably wasn't going to watch it anyway, but having one of them, Jim Nance's soothing voice say it, 
it takes away from the broadcast. And I, I like just throw up, you know, like on college football, like on Saturdays where they have like just a little like ringer that would come in and have like the thing of, uh, you know, Ian Book or whatever. It's just like Notre Dame, North Carolina tonight. <laughs> no one says anything. You see it. You register it. They don't have to promo it. Boom, you're good. Yeah. I can't stand having Ian Eagle come back. Yeah, Charles, that's a great point. And don't oh. forget, the newest uh, Law & Order SVU Miami is coming out this week and <laughs> on CBS. Don't miss it. At, uh, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. Hate it. Done with it. Blow it up. Uh, it's even better when they give they got a little flavor with it. Like when they'll say, uh, don't miss Big Bang this Thursday when Sheldon finds himself in all kinds of trouble. It's 7 p.m. <laughs> like he had a little flavor to it. Like I wasn't going to watch, but then Iron Eagle hit the promo so well. We're going to blast it. Three, two, one. Get out of here with your yes, dear. Oh yeah, uh, that is they. That is it's. It, they all just line up to get proton torpedo. So Joey, we asked the people uh, and said, "Come into the basement." And I have to tell you, dude, these people had the most neurotic, tiny little phrases that people use in sports media. Probably I do, you do. Some of them were so small, but we have to start with this is a Hall of Famer. Uh, our guy Terrence. Terrence tweeted, "When people refer to <clears throat> in the National Football League." Dude, we know what league it is already. We understand. I don't know what it is about the NFL. You don't see Charles and Shaq and Kenny saying, listen, this is the National Basketball Association. You just don't see it. But for some reason, NFL isn't enough. And when they really want to make the point, when they're really going to drive it home what this means, they're saying, let me tell you something. This is the National Football League. You come in here, it's the worst. And it's so pretentious, and I've thought about this for years. Have you noticed? Because, Joey, as these come up, feel free to be like, actually, I kind of like that. What's your take on National Football League? Yep, nope, that is a definite thing that they love to throw the shield. I don't know if it's orders down from Emperor Gardell or whoever it is that's like, hey, you Mm -hmm. will bring this out a lot. Sticking with the Star Wars theme, you know, the National Football League. I don't know what it is. I do notice it. I also love when they go, this is this is NFL football we're talking about. So it's oh, this is National Football League football. Okay, got it. Just making sure that we're good on the football. And then when you had the football coaches who say this is yep. the National Football League and we got ourselves a good football team mm-hmm, and we're going to mm-hmm. play good football, steady, sound football, week in and week out, and that's what makes us uh, the football team we want to be. Are it, are they getting paid by the amount of football that know. they drop? It's insane. It's, it's a insane. Lot. Uh, Listen, I have been an employee of the National Football League for six and a half years. Never once has anyone said, listen, occasionally could you not say NFL? Could you really hit us with that National Football League? There is no mandate. There is nothing from Park Avenue. It is a thing that they do. And yet it's only NFL. I don't see uh, Tony Stewart or, you know, uh, whoever, uh, a NASCAR driver be like, listen, this is the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. All right, this this is not like this is your Bush League. It's the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. For some reason, the NFL does it, and I'm sensing a complete consensus between us again, Joey. We're going to go three for three. Lay out for the Death Star Blast. Just call it the NFL. We know what you're talking about. Blast them. Dude, I'm actually glad that I wish you could push NASCAR it. because... Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the NASCAR because I honestly, I, I was kind of searching for what that acronym stood for anyways. So <laughs> I'm glad you did. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Whoops. 
I don't know. I, with NASA, it was Nas- National Aeronautics Space Administration. I, I don't know what a lot of those are, but for some reason, you know why they exist? Because no one knows what they are. It's hard to say. So you just say the initials. Next. This is an interesting one, Joe. Our guy Adam, mm-hmm. he comes in, says, he says on Instagram, power rankings. It's shuffling deck chairs and it means absolutely nothing. We're in power rankings season right now. Joey, thoughts on power rankings and should they be blasted? Go ahead. Man, you know what? It's like power rankings are like that guilty pleasure playlist that you throw on in the car yeah. that you're, you're 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 a little afraid to mention to everybody that you want to blast some Taylor <laughs> Swift or whatever while you're by yourself. That's power yeah. rankings for me. I I can't I can't I hate that I love them, but I love them. I will read every article that has a power ranking, a ranking, a mock ranking, anything. I, I'm sucked into it. So I'm going to keep this for me. I don't know why. It's just something that I can't take my eyes away from. And it's a guilty pleasure for sure. I love you. I love it. You, Joey rolls the windows up in his car when he's listening to power, power rankings. It's pretty much like, you know what it is, Joey? It's the CD. Now, that's what I call power rankings, 75. Oh, yeah. And it's candy. <laughs> it's fast food. It's candy. You may think that they're pretentious. You're clicking, you liars, and you're scanning your team down to where your finger down to where your team is, and you're getting mad because they're never high enough. Um, I, I like yeah. them. You know what else? You know what's like the the ugly brother of the power rankings is like the the Monday morning letter grades. You know, for like the Panthers defense and stuff. You're clicking, guys. You're bored, oh, yeah. and you're clicking. So we're not blasting. Listen, I, I love Kelly Clarkson's music. I, I, my life would suck without her. I will blast it, and I will listen to Power Rankings. Joey and I are. Can you, can, are you? You want to pile on, Joey? Let's talk, talk more Power Rankings. Well, I just want to say you mentioned that I roll the windows up with Power Rankings. Not only yeah. do I roll windows up, but if a car creeps up next to me on a stoplight, I turn it down a little bit. But I'm still listening to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still Perfect. am. But he won't turn it off. Go go earbuds. Guys, we will spare the Death Star. All right, but let's do one, one or two more of these. Um, yeah. Okay, remember how I said there's really small little neurotic ones? It'll be interesting Love to them. see from Jen Lada, who's this great uh, person in the media right now. She sent me this on Instagram. This is um, something that people say when they have nothing to say. So you got the Bucks and the Packers coming up. And I got no take, no insight, and I'm just, listen, it's going to be interesting to see how this one shakes out. Um, there's nothing interesting about saying it's going to be interesting, but this is a take that comes up a lot. Have you heard it? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a complete space filler. It's always like, you know, it's like the, the player that just retired like a year or two ago who's getting their crack at like the 405 <laughs> uh, Broncos-Cardinals game, <laughs> totally, right, that no one's watching. Totally. You know? And, and, and they, they throw that in there as a caveat about every other time they open their mouth. And they're like, oh, okay, guy, that. And then, like, look, this young man may be one of the finest players we have in the National Football League. Everything's hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, and this young man is another one. Um, you, you're absolutely all over it. It is a guy who is a career journeyman safety, but who dresses up nicely and speaks pretty well. And they put him in the 405 game. And, you know, they do the, the amp up where it's like, Kenny Albert, we welcome you to, to Jaguars, Bengals, whatever it is. And then they get their And the producer says to them, you got 30 seconds now to preview this game. Give me 30 seconds. Then we got to toss to the promo and the commercial. And in that 30 seconds, oh, yeah. he says, you know, this team has a good wide receiver and this team has a good corner. So let me tell you one thing. It's going to be interesting. And that's it. And they just think they nailed it. But it's really bad. I, I, I hate to pick on to, the newbies, but 
Don't say it's going to be interesting. Also, to see how this one plays out, right? So they come off the interesting <laughs> to, this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Okay, so you're Absolutely. just telling us to watch the game. Got it. All right, you're verbalizing <laughs> to watch the game. I want to throw in one more that I had to get off. Now that you mentioned that, we're talking yeah, about what you got? broadcasters, okay? Before you, get, before you get to one of the last ones. This is the most Death Star thing ever. Can we stop with the color commentator having the football in the broadcast booth? As if we don't know <laughs> what freaking sport we're watching? Oh, wait a second. I thought this was the National Basketball Association. Wait, he has a football in his hands. Oh, thank God. Now I know. Uh, I will say the same thing. I, you're sitting at the desk. And Charles never has a basketball in his hands. Shaq is not standing there with a the basketball. But for some reason, they have the football. And the other thing that we're – and, Joey, I'll, I'm going to dovetail on that, and then we have to end and blast this thing. Anytime there's any sort of promo – be it for the pregame show or whatever, there's always the five guys in the suits and they got a football and they're always tossing it. And it's even worse. I've done these photo shoots where you do, yeah, oh, look out, there it comes. I've done these photo shoots where you need to take like your publicity photo and it's all, you're doing it already. It's, you have to hold the ball to the camera or why even bother doing it? And Schrager, my guy, Peter Schrager has a hard and fast no football rule. He will not touch a football in a photo shoot. He's like, I didn't play. I'm not a player. Do not give me a football. And the only alternative, you know this, Joey, if you're, if you're Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, you're not holding a football. What are you holding? Got two cell phones, not one, but two. Two phones, baby. <laughs> two phones, like like a six shooter in the Wild West. So we're going to get rid of this. Um, all of that, it's going to be interesting. The football in the booth. One final time, let's hit the Death Star. Initiate the launch sequence. It's going to be interesting to listen to this. Bam! Oh, my God. Joey. You're the best. Is it, what is the line he says? It's like as if a million voices cried out in terror. That's what just happened in this segment. That, yes, exactly. All across sports media, all the all the the, the the stations that we watch, all these channels on, that's happening right now. Thanks, dude. This is awesome. I appreciate um, you. Joey's the man. Follow him on Twitter. Joey is going to be on Saturday Night Live one day, sooner than later. He is unbelievably talented. One of my favorite people on the internet who I've actually had drinks with. I've met his wife. A wonderful, wonderful family. Joey, thanks for stopping by, dude. We will never Death Star you. You're always welcome here in the basement. Thanks, KB. Appreciate you, man. See you, bud. That's our guy, Joey. We love him. Death Star segment went pretty well. Don't know if we needed the Princeton football helmet on top of the X-Wing pilot uniform, but that's amazing. Joey's amazing. So is this. We're about to get into Brent's awareness, but before we do, we're going to bring Sam Pepper, and I want you to know that uh, technical director Trevor here in Kyle Brent's basement was looking at Sam's shot. They were looking at him on his home cam and said, you look great. You look amazing. So let's have a look at how Sam Pepper looks with what we call Brent awareness. Oh, yeah! Hot alert! Look at that! What are you, one of the Joe Bros? You look good, Sam! <laughs> oh, thanks. I bet you say that to all the producers. <laughs> I do. I do. I really do. But you're the only one who comes with the brand awareness uh, bullets for us. What do you got today? Where are we going with this segment? All right, first up, we're going to Tampa. Your colleague at the NFL Network, Mike Garofolo, reported that the Bucks signed Cole Beasley to their practice squad. Tom Brady's receiving core has been in shambles. Chris Godwin hurt, Julio Jones hurt, Mike Evans suspended one game, Peel is going on. Mm -hmm. Do you like this move by Tampa? It's inevitable. 
Tom Brady, I think the reason he came out of retirement wasn't because things going on at home. It wasn't because he wanted another Super Bowl. He realized he was on a beach somewhere with his family in retirement and said, oh my God, I, I, I never played with Cole Beasley. I'm supposed to do that. Cole Beasley and I are supposed to be together. It's like when you travel and you're like, oh, I forgot to lock the back door or I forgot to turn down the thermostat. I think that's the reason he unretired because Cole Beasley. Is there a more perfect Tom Brady receiver ever to walk the earth? Not named Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Gunnar Olszewski, that Tom Brady needs to play with other than Cole Beasley. It's perfect. That's the guy. I used to be convinced that Bill Belichick in his house during the Brady era had like this little garden and he would just pull out these tiny little white receivers and throw them up in the field and be like, here's another one. Here's a fresh one from this year's crop, Tom. Cole Beasley, absolutely perfect. And I think it's amazing that Brady is coming back and he's going to be going up against Rodgers and the Packers with Tampa Bay Buccaneer Julio Jones and Tampa Bay Buccaneer Cole Beasley. I don't know where we're going to get to with this season with Brady, but like... The casting is perfect. I also think Cole Beasley was like, I'm unemployed. Brady, have you seen my tape? I'm scrappy, deceptively fast, the son of a coach, a gym rat, a, a, a film junkie. This, I'm your guy. I'm short. I'm another thing. Like, why don't? Why can't I do the Danny Amendola thing? And sure enough, finally the football god said, whoa, whoa. How did these two never get together? And it happened. And Cole Beasley would probably be really good. He'll probably have eight catches in his first game. He just comes out and makes plays. I mean, it's it's not. I, I like it for them, especially with Mike Evans out. Watch Cole Beasley have the game-winning catch against the Green Bay Packers. Remember, Antonio Brown joined the Patriots like five seconds later, was catching a touchdown against the Miami Dolphins with Tom Brady, and then 20 seconds later he was gone. But there's no warm-up. Brady will just chuck it to you. Just get in there, run over the middle, and I'll find you. So I like it a lot, and I feel like Sam a wrong has been righted, and I, I'm not sure. Until Steve Tasker comes out of retirement and plays a few downs with Brady, which he'll never do because he's a proud Buffalo Bill, I think finally I feel a little better about this. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the other thing I heard about Cole Beasley is he's the first one in the facility and the last one out. Um, <laughs> so I think Tom Brady's really going to like him. Uh, next up, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I do too. <laughs> Mitch yeah. Trubisky has not played well through two weeks for Pittsburgh, but Mike Tomlin is preaching patience for him in the Steelers' offense. He says that the problems are not all on the quarterback. Kyle, how short is a leech, the leash for Mitch with Kenny Pickett waiting in the wings? Real short. You know, those retractable leashes with the thumb thing? He got about uh, eight inches of slack on that thing between he and the retractable thing and the blue bag of crap hanging below it. The short week is the short leash, by the way. The best thing that ever happened to Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, was the fact that the Steelers play Thursday Night Football. I happen to know that players hate Thursday Night Football. In fact, <laughs> I was talking to a player once, and I, we were doing the schedule just come out. And I said, oh, what do you look for, the bye week? He goes, not anymore, man. First thing I look at when I get the schedule where, is where is that bleeping Thursday nighter? Because they got to have that quick turnaround. They, they hate it. Mr. Bisky loves it. Because you can't throw in Pickett, I think, on a short week like that quick. At least give the kid time to prepare. Conventionally, I don't think you would do that. So I think the fact that they're playing Cleveland on a Thursday night actually helped Mitch Trubisky. But this is Mitch's last stand. This is it. If you lose this game, you threw two interceptions. I don't know if Mitch Trubisky will ever start a game again in the NFL. I don't like. I don't relish saying that loud. Mitch is a good guy. I've met him several times. I like him. I have respect for him. Good person. Good teammate. Good leader. Good everything. Is he a good player? <laughs> I don't know. We've been waiting for years on this thing. He was the number two overall pick in the draft. 
you know the history, Mahomes and the Watson and all the same draft. So uh, I think it's a huge fortuitous stroke of scheduling luck that is a short week that's going to keep Pickett off. I, I want Pickett right now. I'm ready. I, I, I just am. I think I always my, my biggest barometer with rookie quarterbacks and really rookies in general, when they, hit the, when they hit the field in the preseason, I don't care if it's preseason, do they look the part? How's their body language? I don't care if they're 3 for 7 passing or 13 for 13. Do they run the offense? Do they jog up to the line? Do they, are they calling people out? How do they feel on the sideline? Pickett had it all. You know the story. He started so many games in college in the same city, the same facility and everything like that. I think if Trubisky loses this game, even if he wins it and plays poorly, that might be it. And I'm ready. If people tell you who they are, listen. Mitch has told us who he is for years. He's a pretty good quarterback who just really seems like to fit the bill of a very athletic upside backup. But is he one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the world? I don't think so. I'm ready for Kenny Pickett. I think he'd be starting this week if they had a game on Sunday, but I think we're going to have to wait another week. I'm sorry. Like, is there a huge... Sam, am I missing like the Mitch Trubisky nation or something like that? I used to be part of it. I go way back with Mitch, but I just... We've waited for years, and the first couple games have been ugly. No, I don't think so. I think maybe people thought that the Bills system kind of rubbed off on him. Dable rubbed off on him. Maybe you got to, but, but no, I'm with you there. All right. Last up, last up. Pat Sajak has hosted wheel of fortune for 41 years, but he says the end is near Kyle. He's 75 years old. I think he means on uh, hosting the show and not his life, but are you crushed by this news? I wouldn't say crushed, but it, it makes me stop and think, you know, it's, it's, We've watched or been aware of Wheel of Fortune our entire life. I'll have you know, um, I, I, my childhood crush was, was Vanna White. If somebody asked you that in one of these Q&A things or you're just talking to friends, it's Vanna White. I mean, listen, I knew from a very early age I wanted to solve that puzzle, baby. I loved her. Loved her. Um, so I, I like the wheel. It's interesting to see because it was this international crisis when Alex Trebek was leaving his post and passed away, tragically, of course. but when we needed a new Jeopardy host. It was like, all hands on deck. Who do we get? Do we do Anderson Cooper or do we dig up Walter Cronkite? It's the most important position in the United States, if not the world. It was like, it, it was almost like it was the president or something. Like, we, it was that important. Is there any kind of fervor for the Wheel of Fortune host? Is it the same thing? Because we got a whole different vibe with the Wheel Watchers versus the Jeopardy crew. I, I used to do it. I'm sure you've done it. Sam, you've probably done it too. I just watched the whole hour. So you sit down... You watch the Jeopardy, you know, you yell out in three of like the 90 clues that you know, and it ends and someone wins and on and on. And then there's that commercial and then it starts the wheel theme. And as it transitions from Jeopardy to wheel, you feel the IQ go down like 35 points. You just feel it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it just, just a little bit. Okay. And you can feel it. It is, it, Jeopardy is, is great. Wheel of Fortune is like middle American Jeopardy. You go in in the space of like 90 seconds to someone betting $50,000 that they can nail the 5th century monarch to someone named Patty Joe screaming out, N! Because they, they coach him. Don't say N. We don't know if that's M or N. N! And Pat's up. Oh, no, there's 58 letters up there, but no ends. Sorry, Mary Jo. Hope you next time. This is going to hit bankrupt. It's just, it is such a sharp left turn. I guess, sharp, politically speaking, it'll probably be a sharp right turn. But um, I don't know if there's going to be a fervor. Like, I happen to, there's an NFL connection. Let's talk sports. Do you know that when Pat Sajak left years and years ago, Sam, come up here. I want to ask you something. 
Do you know this? This is a, this is an NFL piece of NFL history. Bring up the Sam Cam. Pat Sajak was killing it with Vanna on Wheel of Fortune. He left, and he was going to do the Pat Sajak show. And it was a talk show, and it, you know, every, it was Donahue back then, and all these talk shows. He did it for a while, and he came back shortly. However, in the time that he was gone, the new host who stepped in for Pat Sajak was a former NFL player. Could you have any uh, awareness of this? Could you name the team? Do you have any idea who that might have been? Do you what? even have a guess who was the host year of Wheel of Fortune again? with Vanna? This was the 80s, so I think it would be, I think it was like, I'm just going to guess 88, something like that. All right, and, and you're not going to know the player, but you have anything? Oh, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to know the player. I was, I was going to guess OJ. No. See, that's a good guess. It's a really good guess. It's not OJ. This is the strangest fact, and everybody listening, and Sam, go ahead and look this up. If you're watching this right now, former Chargers kicker, Rolf Banerska. You can look it up. He was the Chargers kicker. I think he's in the Chargers ring of fame. Back in the day, I think he was the Chargers kicker in the 70s. I hope I'm not dating him. Sajak leaves, do the Pat Sajak show. Vanna stays. And former Chargers kicker Rolf, that's a Rolf with an R-O-L-F, like that dog in the Muppets, Rolf Banerska, was the damn host of Wheel of Fortune. Night after night after night, and there's promos of he and Vanna. You can Google it. You can YouTube it. The Chargers had a guy. It wasn't OJ. OJ probably would have been really good at it. OJ was 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 great at TV. Very charismatic guy. Very handsome. Went really bad for OJ. But uh, Ralph Benerska, still a charming guy. Lives in the San Diego area. He's on the, the board of the zoo down there. Wonderful man. But he was the Wheel of Fortune host. So there has not been a host regularly <coughs> since Ralph Benerska. So I don't know then if the... The Chargers kicker is going to step in and take the game. Who's the Chargers kicker? I don't know. Michael Badgley was it for a while. But I do think it's a big deal. And Sam, you're in media. You're in, you're in production. You saw the fervor for the Jeopardy gig. What's your take on the reaction to a potentially available Wheel of Fortune gig? I, I think we're looking at, uh, you know, our Wayne Brady's, um, our, ah, you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Drew yeah. Carey adjacent folk. Um, I, I, I don't think we're looking at a a big time um uh like you know uh test to see who can get that gig Mm -hmm. um i like imagine if you were in your career and someone described you as you're kind of a drew carey adjacent i know what you're saying (laughs) like i can see it like i can even see like a kevin james just someone but i don't know they're too much of a ham here's the thing about like sajak is not a comedian in any way. He just does the chit-chat and the visiting very well. So, like, you don't want someone who's going to chew up scenery at all. I wonder who it should be. I can tell you one thing. It ain't going to be me, because I just said the IQ of the audience goes down 30 points as I start. So, I'm out! <laughs> I love That's you guys. It. That's okay. I, I'm doing all right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, maybe it'll be Joey Molinero. I, he may have too many Star Wars tattoos for that type of demographic. But uh, until then... Is that are we aware now of everything, Sam? I want to keep talking yeah. about Wheel of Fortune, but we should probably just move like on. Uh, just like Pat Sajak, the end is near. Um, so I'll see you. See you later. Before and after, there goes Sam Pepper. Thank you very much, my friend. And there goes the show. Hold on, let me pull up the Google Doc. Uh, before we say goodbye, you know how this goes. The Warrior knows how this goes. Kevin Costner up here, he knows how it goes. That dances with wolves. Stands with a fist. Uh, I throw a dart at the dartboard, and whatever number it lands on, there is a corresponding topic that the production team has come up with. I have to ad-lib something about that topic. I don't know what's coming. I just got to be quick on my feet, as one would if they were hosting Wheel of Fortune. 
and someone hit bankrupt six times in a row, and you have to kind of make them feel better. Here we go. Uh, guys, give me the sky cam. Let's get out of here. You notice I already have one lodged in the, bull, in the bullseye. I don't know if you can see that. This one, I'm going to give a fastball. Here we go. This one goes to... Uh, all right, did it again. One. One, one, one is the throw. Oh, Christ. What is the meaning of life? All right. I'll, I'll give it a try. Oh, man, I want to punch whoever typed that in here. Might be Sam. Sorry, Sam. I don't really want to punch you, but that's one of those... Who am I, Confucius? Um... I have found that the meaning of life is to be happy, try to be happy with what you have. And that sounds so corny, and now I want to punch myself, but I don't know about you, but a lot of times, especially when I was younger, whenever you would, let's say, have a job or anything, a car or any, any sort of these metrics by which people tend to measure themselves, the amount of money you have, the, the wife you have, this, the, things like that. You, you tend to constantly say, yeah, but I need the next one. I need the, I need the nice, I need the bigger yard, or I need the, the cooler car, or I need the nicer watch, or I just, anything. It's all materialistic nonsense, and I've, I struggle with that myself, that you're not happy with what you have. Don't stop and look around and actually, you know, be like, this is actually pretty great. I heard Dana White was talking once, and everyone was like, why do you continue to work so hard? Why do you, I mean, you've built this company up, you have endless wealth, and and power and fame and like why do you still work so hard and he said something about someone told him once that there's always a bigger jet and I thought alright well that's kind of a funny pithy answer but it's also pretty sad of course there's always a bigger jet but I always rem remember that when I'm like you know sometimes I see people who do what I do who I don't know have different jobs that I would like or you see these crazy salaries or something and I, I don't know I try as much as I can to be like yeah you know, I have a wife and two kids and I get to talk about sports for a living. It's pretty awesome. So whatever that version is for yourself, I hope you can find it. And why do I feel like Jerry Springer at the end of the Jerry Springer show? Take care of yourself and each other. I didn't make the topic up. If you ask me the meaning of life, I'm going to come with some crackpot smart-ass answer uh, or I'm going to try to go deep. And I went deep. Sometimes it goes that way. Uh, thank you to Joey Molinero. Thank you to all you guys. You know it's the basement. It's always open. Anytime you want to hang. Find us on YouTube. Find us on the iTunes, Spotify, whatever you want. Finding people. That's the meaning of life. Bye, guys. Tomorrow I'll be snarkier. See ya.